Hello and you're very welcome back to Series 7 of the Public Eye Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host Sarah Travers and throughout the series as you'll know or maybe this is the first time you're visiting today but I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well, today I am joined in the podcast studio by Natasha Darrier, founder of TGG Fitness and TGG Promotions. Natasha, you actually have been in here a lot yourself, <laughs> but you're very welcome to the Public Eye podcast, but no stranger to this podcast studio. Yes, Sarah. Um, it's actually very strange to be at the other side of the table. Um, I have my podcast here and um, I host it here in Granite Exchange. And it's just it's a fantastic experience. Give us give us a plug for it there. Yes, it's the Tash Talks podcast. We are now in season two. It's been going over a year now. And we have a listenership here in Ireland, um, across the Middle East and Australia. That's our main our main listeners, Irish people from right across the world. So it's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. OK, well, I'll come back to you in a second. I'm going to tell the listeners a wee bit bit more about you. So yeah, Natasha, my goodness, she is also known, maybe everybody will relate to, the gym guru and has been a leading figure in the Irish fitness industry for nearly 10 years now, bringing exclusive boot camps and online coaching programs for uh, women. The online clients, as we've heard, are in 10 different countries and the gym guru's future is both promising and extremely exciting. She is fantastic. She's a, a bundle of energy in the studio here today. And Natasha wants to show the world that fitness can be fun and that having having a healthier lifestyle should be enjoyable um, and not restrictive. Some of Natasha's in- achievements include, well, this is incredible, performing Zumba in front of 3,000 people in the SSE Arena Belfast. Wow. Uh, more on that in a minute. And working with Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, David Hasselhoff to name but a few, at the MTV EMA Awards in Belfast back in 2011. And she's also won many, many business awards. Natasha's been a passionate marketer also for The Fun House and McComiskey and Co. Insurance Brokers for 12 years, where she has a wealth of knowledge in marketing and business development. And in February 2021, Natasha went on to launch her very own PR and marketing agency called TGG Promotions, offering a range of services to help businesses grow and level up. Oh my goodness, Natasha. (laughs) And okay, we'll have to just say what just happened because you came up the stairs and you showed me a picture on your phone from 2011 where we actually had met before and I had no idea. And you told me we had a photograph taken at the Friends of Children Gala Ball that was held in the Canal Court in Newry. And at that stage, you wanted to be a TV presenter. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right, Sarah. Um, I it was I was actually that night celebrating my twenty first birthday, and I remember it so clearly. You have been um, a role model of mine for many, many years, and um, I've always, since a young age, always wanted to be a TV presenter. So back in two thousand and eleven, you just and now you're just incredible and a role model here in Northern Ireland for me. Um, that night, I remember you were, ho- you were hosting, weren't you? That's yeah. right. You were hosting, and I was too nervous to ask you for a picture. 
the picture that I showed you just before we came in. Um, so Can I just say, folks, this does not happen to me every day. That's why I'm going to let Natasha say this. Because I didn't know I was a role model for anyone. Oh, so that's just Total so slip, sorry. Oh. <laughs> a Z-lister. But anyway. Absolutely not. Well, you're an A-lister in my books. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I was too nervous to ask you for a picture. And uh, the picture I showed you was myself and my two best friends who were the owners of the Funhouse as well, Brian and Rosemary. And they had happened to be talking to you previously that night. And I said, please, will you ask Sarah, can I get a picture with her? Oh. So that picture I showed you was that, yeah. I'm going to have to get a copy of that and, and then tell everybody and bore my family. He'll go, oh yeah, right, as if that really happened. But anyway, <laughs> so apologies for that little moment at the start of the Public Eye podcast. Well, do you know what? You didn't become a TV presenter, but you've done a heck of a lot uh, else and you've built up such an amazing profile in this new world. I mean, who wants to be a TV presenter now when you can just do your own thing on, on socials? But... Shall we, shall we go way back a little? And, yeah, sure. And um, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are? Yes. I mean, I'll even s- your surname <laughs> is unusual. Yeah, my surname is actually Persian. Daria. Daria. I am my dad's um, Persian. My mum is from Newry. Um, but it's funny because on socials, I'm the gym guru. And then I just recently, um, it's actually quite a well-known um fitness individual um, in the industry and he said to me Tasha you don't even have your name on your social media so I was just always the gym guru I never even had Tash or Tasha or Natasha on my Instagram or my Facebook so I had to uh, input that um, but yeah so a lot of people don't actually probably the first time they're hearing it in this podcast my yeah. second name yeah. yeah it's Persian which I'm very proud of so fitness has always been massively important to you. I mean, you do look incredibly fit and healthy and vibrant. And as I say, you just light up this studio. But how did you get started with the Gym Guru? Uh, yes. So um, as many know, I was the centre market manager for the Funhouse. And I was at the same time as actually studying. I got the Elite Athlete Scholarship into the University of Ulster for Gaelic football and gymnastics. That's incredible. Yeah, from school. That doesn't happen often. No, it was an exciting time. I'll never forget getting that letter from the University of Ulster just that gave me that status. And basically it meant that I could train a little bit more in my A-level year. (laughs) Yeah, then head to university. But um, yeah, so I'd actually got admitted into the University of Ulster. I was studying sports studies and then working my full-time job at the same time. And... I started taking classes. It was actually Zumba classes. I got qualified in Zumba. I got my coaching awards for athletics, personal training, fitness instructing. And a lot of my friends in the industry, they were going and working part-time in local gyms. And every day in the funhouse, I kept looking around and I could see kids that normally hated PE coming out of a soft play, absolutely sweating Mm -hmm. and smiling. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is a gym. Mm-hmm. and it was a 12,500 square foot centre and I looked around and I was like if you move all these tables I have probably Nuri's biggest fitness studio here <sighs> yeah I just had this idea one day and um, I went to Brian Rosie that owned the funhouse and I said I have an idea and normally my ideas were always a little bit crazy and the best ones are yeah and they're always very supportive and they said okay go for it before they even heard and I says well I believe I could have my own business within this business and we could do kids play while mums exercise. Yeah. Brilliant. And not just running around after their children. They can actually (laughs) go and do something somebody else. Mind the kids for a while. Yeah, because I remember, I have a really, really early memory, Sarah, of, and I mean, this... I could have been a baby, like under two, of my mum jumping around the living room to Jane Fonda. Yes. Exercise videos. Yes, my mum did too. <laughs> yeah. Keep fit, 
Yeah. So because she never had, she didn't have the opportunity to go out to classes because yeah. she had three kids under five or under six at the time. So with that memory and the idea of looking around such an amazing environment every day, I thought, let's do it here. So I put it out on Facebook at the time. There was no Instagram. And I think Facebook at the time, we only had 200 followers on the Funhouse page. And I did Kids Play or kids play While His Mum's Exercise and put it out. And the next thing we saw that night, and myself and Rosie, we were clearing the tables, clearing the space, and car rolled in. Cars kept rolling into the car park. And over 60 mums showed up. Are you serious? Yeah, that was back before social media was even existed. But you knew what needed to happen. Yeah. And I'm sure the mums were just absolutely, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, they were ecstatic. And, and no guilt attached because kids no, happy. The kids, the kids were playing. And that Zumba class, that one Zumba class a week, I think it was Monday nights at 7 o'clock, for a play centre. I'm sure you know that play centre... The business of a play centre is weekend based. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden the centre was coming to life Monday to Friday. Um, and the kids were exercising as yeah. well in a fun way. And actually Zumba uh, or Zumba, which is it? Which is it? Yeah, Zumba. Yeah, Zumba is, yeah. <laughs> is a fun way to exercise too. You it know, really is. A bit of dancing. You don't really. And, you know, laughter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and doing it wrong is actually part of the whole thing. But uh, yeah, that was so, that was massive at the time. Do you still do that? Yeah, so I do dance fit, which mm. is the years of experience with Zumba. Um, I created my own dance fitness Um Zumba was definitely a craze at the time and people absolutely loved it and some of the best memories of my business was actually that first year my stage in Zumba you always have a stage my stage was the funhouse party table oh and my goodness yeah. that was where you stood <laughs> I your, stood on your top podium of it. yeah and even right up until the final year just before the final month before COVID kicked in mm. um, and I was taking more boot camps in the funhouse so that one class actually transitioned into seven classes a day over 250 members busier than most local gyms and you were running all of them yes oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, I was a centre market manager at the same time of the funhouse uh did you ever sleep uh, no <laughs> um and yeah back then as well was final year of university so I remember final year of university running the funhouse doing those classes and at that time Zumba it had just grown so I was doing three classes a week in the funhouse three a week in Market Hill three a week in Castle Wellen and okay I, so I want to say that's exhausted. not sustainable <laughs> no no <laughs> absolutely not and that that was a you know a lesson that I learned back then because back then at 21 I think yeah, 20, 21 years of age and your friends are all going out at the weekend. By the time the weekend came, I actually, there's a picture of me. Um, all my friends used to get a bus to Sense Nightclub or down to Wrights in Dublin. And there's actually a picture of me um, at that time sleeping in the nightclub. Oh. Like just in a wee corner and it wasn't, it wasn't with alcohol. No. It was with pure exhaustion. And I remember looking at that picture and my friends all slagging me and I thought something, you know, has to stop. I have to balance it out here. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 
But every entrepreneur that I've spoken to that have sat where you are, um, they all say that's what's required, though, at the start when you're getting a business off the ground. But it is unsustainable. So at what point do you realise it can't just be me? Yes. <laughs> uh, and what happens, and you know, I kind of get that too. When you are the business, people want you, they want your classes. How do you grow? That's something that I am still struggling with, to mm. be honest. Um, because the gym grew, it's I've created the gym grew that she, she I'm still she, it's me, <laughs> as a role model. Um, but then there's myself, which I obviously, the background's running the business. But because the gym grew is a person, um, people only want to book the gym guru. So mm. I find it really hard to, and I've learned this, for people to cover my classes because as soon as I take in another coach, <gasps> I paid for you. Uh. So at those at that time, it was very hard. I was lucky that my best friend, uh, Shannon, um, she loved Zumba too, so I actually paid for her to go through the Zumba course and then she started to take some of the classes for me, yeah. which was great, but that was as much as I would stretch. I wouldn't let anybody else you know, in. So, so that's a problem as well, too, yeah. when you don't want somebody else to take over. And, know. you know, the ideal would be bringing in somebody who's better. Yeah. But then the fear of rejection. Yeah. Or what if I lose my customers? I did actually. Back then, I remember t- I took somebody else in um, just to cover a class. It was just because I was doing my final year dissertation. And five people walked out of the class. Oh, yeah, right. well, that's went, no oh good for God. business. Yeah, it right. wasn't good for business, but that again, it was a lesson I had to learn. I just had to balance things out, and it was about a year after that I decided um, I needed a career break. I think I was just completely burnt out. Mm-hmm. In around that time too, I was playing county. I was playing for Down Seniors. Wow. Yeah, and I was an avid Gaelic footballer, so oh it was just a crazy time. So I completely burnt myself out, and I decided to take a career break and move to Dubai. And that actually helped. Did you? Yeah. So how long did you go to Dubai for? Uh, nearly a year. What did you do there? Yeah, so I actually, um, I wanted to transition and do something different mm-hmm. in Dubai because I, well, I was used to working with kids in the fun house and then obviously taking the classes. And I kept saying, I'm going to go over there. I want to maybe focus on my marketing or get a different type of job or grow my experience in more business management. And I think it was the first week I'd attended Gaelic football training in Dubai. In Dubai. I yeah. was going to say, did you have connections out there? Absolutely. The Irish community in Dubai is incredible. Right. And I remember turning up to Gaelic football training and there was 90 girls, 90 Irish girls training. That's more than my, my own club. That, <laughs> that is time. so crazy, yeah. isn't it? Um, Some people have become more patriotic when you when they leave. <laughs> you get that. that the, yeah, the well, I always said, like, I feel more Irish when I'm in mm. Dubai or in when I was living in Australia as well. I felt more Irish there than I ever did here. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. I felt the same when I studied in England. You suddenly sought each other out. Yeah, just, Hello. I know. Are you Irish? <laughs> Is that an Irish accent? Come into the parlour. <laughs> um, so mad. You went to Dubai and... What was that like? Yeah, so it was great at that time. As I said, I got a bit burnt out. So it was great. I just felt that I was running a business, two businesses, and I needed to be young again. So that was the decision to go forward with Dubai. And um, yeah, again, Brian Rosie said to me, look, take a career break. I said, I'm going to have to leave. They said, you're not leaving. You're having a career break and that's it. Go and enjoy yourself. Mm. <laughs> and what impact did that have on their business? That's um, a big thing for them to let you go. Yeah, I think um, they definitely had to get stuck in a bit more. <laughs> but they were always very hands-on, working seven days a week with the business anyway. So um, I don't know if they were doing dancing in the disco room, but they definitely... <laughs> but, um, they, but they knew as well as entrepreneurs themselves. They couldn't hold you back. They no. couldn't clip your wings. You no. had to fly. I think they 
enjoyed the crack of my my, my adventures over there. <laughs> and were there several? Um, yeah, yeah, adventures. It was just it was fantastic. You know, such a fantastic experience. And as I was saying, um, the first week I ended up going to Gaelic football training, and we were running around the pitch. And the girl beside me from Kilkenny, she's like, "Hey, what are you up to? Um, what are you going to work as out here?" And I says, "I'm looking to do something different." And she says, "Have you um, ever taught before?" And I said on my placement year, but I'm looking actually not to do stuff with kids. And she goes, well, we actually need teachers. And I says, oh, I don't have my PGCA. She says, oh, no, you've great personality. It'll be fine. And then she said, Charlene. And next thing, this girl comes running up beside us. And she's like, hi, yeah, I'm a head teacher of a school. Come in in the morning for an interview. And I was like, is this actually happening? And then I said, well, my best friend just moved out with me. Two seconds. Shannon. Shannon comes running up <laughs> and she says, both of you in the morning and have, you have an interview. And we got the job there and then and, and we ended up teaching. Where were you teaching? Yeah, Who were you teaching? In what? international, like private nursery. But my class was four and five year olds. So like reception P1 here. and Totally different. So you went totally for a rest and you suddenly end up with yeah, four and five teaching year olds. 20, and what happened actually, my class started with 12 kids. And because a lot of the other teachers were uh, international teachers, they couldn't handle the local royal kids. So by the end of the year, I had 27 kids in my class because I was the only one that could handle them. Probably years of experience in the funhouse. I actually <laughs> think you would be the most amazing teacher. Uh, and I bet you there was a lot of fitness involved. Of course. We danced all day Did in that you? class. Yeah, and That's just wonderful. Yeah, I just think you know, kids need to be doing more, moving more, outside more. I suppose maybe it's very hot out there. Maybe you can't go out just as much. But yeah, some of the days it was just like they actually their timetable was um, nine to half nine Arabic class, half nine to ten French class. Then they had home economics. This is four or five year olds. Um, home economics class, business class. It was just business crazy. Yeah, the, for four and five year olds. Yeah, it was just their timetables. So I used to finish work at half two, and then I used to PT from half three to nine o'clock every night. So, hold on a minute, let's rewind. You <laughs> yeah. said you were going for a break. It didn't happen. <laughs> right. Mm, no. I don't think you would know how to rest. No. Do you know, I enjoyed every minute. And because of that experience, I actually ended up, I PT'd some of the royal family. Did um, you? Yeah, I took boot camps on the beach for um, all the Dubai Celts, which are the Irish football teams. And it was, that was definitely such a pivotal moment because what I realised taking the boot camps on the beach was that back here in this area at the time it was all transformation camps get shredded in 6 weeks yeah. get shredded in 12 weeks and I could see this trend happening here in this area and I just thought how is a mum of 2, 3, 4, 5 kids going to do an extreme calorie deficit mm-hmm. um, prepare meals at 12 o'clock at night when she's just cooked 2 or 3 meals I could just see this trend happen and it was actually annoying me over in Dubai and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna what I'm doing here, fun boot camps, I'm gonna take it back with me. No one was doing it here. And Good that for idea, you, yeah. for all the mummies out there under that <laughs> terrible pressure to yeah. kind of ditch the weight and always feel like you're failing, you were giving them something that was achievable. And Absolutely. Fun. Yeah, I could just see this a lot of gyms here, locally gyms and PTs, and they were pushing this. You know, and on that's people. fine for certain people, but n- most, the majority, that's, it's we not want sus- the six pack, but. Yeah, it's not sustainable and it's not healthy. And like I could see, and I post a lot of before and after pictures now, and a lot of my before and after pictures are mums, or, you know, mums going through postpartum or 
the young student that hasn't got time to prepare her meals, you know. And back then, these before and afters were it was it wasn't nice to see. Do you know it was? I knew that it was going to create you know mental health problems too. And I thought, get back home. There was um, with that idea, and I could see amazing business owners here in Uri, like the likes of the late Brian Conlon, First Derivatives was going through the roof. Yourself, I could see all this happening on Facebook and all these all these amazing role models. And I thought, I need to get back to Uri. And that's yeah. So you I came am. back. I came and back. What happened next? Came back. Um, back into the funhouse, and uh, we'd actually launched like an events company as well. We were going out, and we um we had this idea of doing like taking the funhouse on the road. Uh, yeah, and so Whose that was idea. Was this? Uh, well, okay. It was <laughs> yeah, first off was mine. I'd actually said what happened was recession was kicking in. So we noticed a trend that we weren't getting school trips to the funhouse. So I said to Brian, I said, um, people aren't coming to us. Let's go to them. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't know if it'll work. So I went behind his back and I emailed all the schools. And within one week, we had our first booking. It was Ballin Hinch, the assumption. And I said, hi, yeah, fantastic idea. Come to our school, do Zumba and laser tag. And within three, four months, we had something like 12 contracts. One of them was Titanic Belfast, Belfast City Council. Oh. So like... A young age, I was sitting in a boardroom in Titanic, selling I- like this idea, and it was just so it was a really good transition to come back to after Dubai. That was incredible. <laughs> so, what year is this now? Where are we up to? That was I was uh, twenty five then, so it was two thousand fifteen. Right. Okay. So, I'm just wanting to also ask you about so before that then. Performing Zumba in front of 300 people in the SSE arena, how the heck did that happen or come about? Yes, so back um, in the Zumba days, there's a really fantastic community here in Northern Ireland of Zumba instructors and thousands and thousands of people were doing Zumba. It was something different here. Do you know, no one had ever seen something like an exercise activity like this before. And... I started posting videos again on Facebook before it was even before social media was even the thing, <laughs> and I started posting uh, videos of my classes in the funhouse. So again, me on top of a party table and the sea of mums dancing away, and um, I remember getting this message on Facebook saying, "Your classes look fantastic. Zumba, the actual Zumba company um, from America, are coming to do a concert in the SSE arena. They were doing one. They were doing a tour, a worldwide tour." And we would love you to perform. So they had the massive main stage and then they had two big main stages coming off it. So if you were a leading instructor here in Northern Ireland, you were on the main stage either side. So I thought, is this is this a joke? Is somebody actually <laughs> asking me? And I could see the amount of people that were buying tickets. I think it was like 3,400 people that attended. <laughs> oh, my word. I think I actually remember this. Did the news cover it at the time? Yes, yeah. yeah I think I they did. remember because it was just yeah, such it was a spectacle. On, it was on, um, I think there was a snippet, it was like on BBC at the time yeah. and UTV. And you can see me in the background literally standing with my hands in the air and just, yeah, the crowds. It was an incredible experience. And then also, uh, as we name dropped a lot there in the, in the introduction <laughs> to you, what what was that? What we what did you do with Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, David Hasselhoff? Yes, and do you know what? this is a great story because I, I don't ever really share this on my social media because I feel like that's a long time ago. But um, yes, yeah, so I was in final year of university and I was appointed as clap class rep um, of 160 of the sports studies uh, myself and one of the guys, Lee. Of course, you were. <laughs> and. Um, Lee had said to me Tasha I got this email through about working at the MTV EMA Awards they're coming through so I went for an interview 
passed the interview and the girl from MTV had said to me, do I know anybody else that's really good, kind of um, good business head on, really organised, wouldn't act starstruck? I don't know why you thought of me. Cause <laughs> I'm starstruck meeting you today, Sarah. Know, which is just <laughs> incredible. Well, you know, I can understand that, why you would get so overboard over. <laughs> Forget about Justin. Oh, um, and yeah, and he says, you're the perfect person. I says, right, okay. So that was the... F- that was the Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, I'm sitting in the whistle down in Warren Point out for dinner with my mum and my brother, Cian, and get this call. Hiya, this is Laura from MTV AMA Awards. Um, your name has been passed on. We'd hear you'd be fantastic looking after some of our, our clients. <sighs> I was like, clients? Okay. Um, can you be in the, um, it was at the time, Odyssey Arena, um, tomorrow morning at 7am? <gasps> this was 8 o'clock. Oh my God, what am I going to wear? What am I going to do? Oh my God, I think I had to like find, like I had to, I think I had to find like a suit because I wanted to be really smart. Oh, yes, I've yes. always wanted to be, you know, like smart, have the business suit on. I thought, what do you are? <laughs> and, and you didn't know yet who your clients were going to be? No clue. I turned up at seven o'clock and I had to go in the back gate of the SSE arena. And I remember walking in. So there I'm walking my wee heels thinking I'm just all biz. All biz. And um, I thought it would be more so that I would maybe be looking after maybe the dancers or the performing that weekend. Or I wasn't too sure. And then I was walking along. Next thing, this guy's walking beside me. I'll never forget this. And he was like, hey, how are you? God, this weather's freezing. And I was like, it's always freezing here. Turn around. And this person was actually, I'm very small. He was the same height as me. And I turned around. It was Bruno Mars. Oh. Bruno Mars walking, there. yeah, beside me, and I went, "Hello." I just, I was like, "Oh, don't act starstruck." Yeah. Like that. I goes, "Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cold here in Ireland, but we've fantastic summers." <laughs> I didn't know what to say. He seemed lovely. He actually. was so nice. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. So then I walked in and met Laura at the back um, door of the SSC Arena, and she's like, "Okay, so you have five um, of our clients a day to look after. You'll be based in one of the hotels where they are either staying or they're getting ready, and um, you have to report back to us any of their movements. If they think that they're not going to rehearsals, if they want to go shopping instead, we need to know everything. Oh my word! So this is more like a, a, a private investigator. Yeah. And she says, "Right, okay, two seconds. I've just got a call here. Come, you can come with me." I says, "Right." Next thing, knocked on the dressing room door. Selena Gomez. <gasps> and she's like, "Selena, this is. Ta- Do you like being called Tash?" I was like, "Oh yeah, my family called Selena. This is Tash." It was all very snappy. She's like, "Hey, how are you? You all set for the weekend?" I was like, "Yeah, yes. are you?" <laughs> Chin on floor. <gasps> Crazy. Yeah, so then I was assigned the first day, I think that was the Friday, Casabian, uh, Jason Drulo's Dancers, Kings of Leon, I think the first day, and oh, some of the Kings MTV of directors, and did the best I could. I just kept thinking, you organise 30 birthday parties in a day in the funhouse, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is actually just the same, yeah, really. This is, like this is fine. Trying to keep rogue uh, pop stars and celebrities in check, so who, who was naughty then? Yeah, so then... What happened was I did a good job that day and then the next day I got a call, okay, you've been, you're been moved to the merchant oh. and you're now, your clients today are Lady Gaga, Jason <gasps> Derulo, um, or sorry, not Jason, uh, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez and David Hasselhoff. So I had four the next day. And I just oh remember, I couldn't sleep that, that night. I, they Gaga. put me up in the Hilton, yeah. And the first thing was um, Lady Gaga. So I was waiting for her to come down um, from the room and no sign. So I'm and MTV phoning me, where is she, where is she? And next thing she appeared and she was like, look, I absolutely love the city. So I'm going to go shopping. I was like, mm, do you have the security for that? And I says, you have to be at rehearsals. I love, are you from the city? I absolutely love it. I was like, yeah. And then she was, okay, you just tell them I'll be a little bit late. 
And apparently oh. she walked around Belfast that day just as normal. Looking for a meat shop, just, a butcher's, yeah, like a nice just, dress. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> so um, that was definitely an interesting story. And then happened. So what do you say? Um, the gaga's, gaga's gone AWOL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to phone MTV and I was like, look, she's just um, running late. What do you mean she's running late? You get her at rehearsals right now. She'd mm. already left. Um, but it was interesting, it really was. And then that evening, it was Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. And they were doing a charity event um, in The Merchant. And people have got wind of this. So there were something like 5,000 Justin Bieber fans turned up. Do you the know Liebers. The sh- yeah. Do you know the street, uh, you know, just across from The Merchant were two taps is? Yes, yeah. yes. So it was five, if you imagine, 5,000 people right in front of the merchant so and I can imagine they were quite noisy uh, it was I, I still actually can hear like when I Beatles? think back yeah when I think back of that age. memory no it's great it's <laughs> great um, when I think back of that memory I can hear the sounds of the screams and they sent a car for me because I was in the Hilton for an hour and then they sent a car for me and I remember turning round the corner at the, the top of the merchant and basically every car the fans thought it was Justin Bieber or oh. somebody famous. So the car, and next thing, I could just hear the screams. I was like, oh, God. Like, I know everyone knows me in Yuri for the fun <laughs> but really, like. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I remember getting out of the car. But I think because I was dressed in the suit and I had my hair and all mm-hmm. done, they just kept screaming anyway. So I just thought, I'm Just going, lap all of yeah, this. It doesn't get better Yeah, than embrace this. this moment. I could have thought you were gaga. It was so funny. Do you know what I did? I just waved at the crowd. Good for you. <laughs> all my friends laugh now, but yeah. What stories I Honestly, I think it has to be <laughs> definitely the best stories that I've heard and, and oh, good wow. name dropping there, <laughs> Tash. Honestly, absolutely fantastic. So that I went back a little bit. Um, yeah, no, that's to, fine. I had to ask more about that. Absolutely incredible. But where are you now with business? What's happening in your life right now? Yes, so um, was it February? Just as COVID had kicked in and the first lockdowns had kicked in, mm. um, I had started doing a bit of market and work for the Funhouse Sister Company, which is McComsky & Co Insurance Brokers. And um, it was a great experience to transition working with so many people to sitting at a computer and answering calls. Um, very strange for you, I would ver- It was very strange, but I kept trying to prove a point that I'd be good at this. But when I look back now, I was probably the worst person ever because the girls up in Drum and Tea laugh at me. I would rather do cartwheels around the office yeah. than sit and... Answer phones, yeah, (laughs) no, and um, one of those treadmill desks, yeah. I think I could do, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so I was doing that, I was answering calls right through lockdown. And what I I used to have an online program which was about 100, I think it was 150 pounds, and I did it for 100 pounds a month for four weeks. Whereas a lot of online coaches there for four weeks they charge five, six hundred pounds. So even at that, I was like, I can't charge people this. And I had researched so many different online programs, and I was like, these aren't good. Are they not? No. Because so many people have, were doing this. Yes. And making and I mean, an awful lot of money. A thousand pounds. Some, some mm-hmm. of the programmes mm-hmm. were a thousand pounds. Like, These are not good. I actually paid to be... To I do. actually paid money to go in and see... Not to go and see. It wasn't even nosy at competitors. Market research. Av- it's okay. Mar- yeah. Market research. But, um, yeah, so I started off and I thought, right... Global pandemics kicked in. People are losing their jobs. I'm going to take that £100 package that I had down to £20 a month to really help people here because... And I could see £20 so much. £20 a month, that's not yeah. much really. You know, I know, it was. It was really affordable. Yeah. Without feeling guilty. In, in the middle. Of, it was the very first lockdown. Yeah. And I wanted it to be affordable. And I wanted, as a coach, to be approachable as well through a tough time. And I remember I could see so many 
local and international coaches doing the live workouts on Instagram. I thought, right, well, I'll do that for a few weeks, but I don't want to devalue what I do. And I could see all online coaches doing this. And so I did, I think it was like two free workouts a week on Instagram. And then I thought, right, take the program down to £20 a month, have a private group, provide people with more than any other online coach for this price so they get the four-week food plan direct check-ins with me and full workouts where a lot of online coaches they basically give you like a, a coaching app and they'll say three sets of bicep curls three sets of squats the one-to-one's like, not there yeah. yeah or they were doing zooms mm. and the problem with zoom at that time is a lot of mums that did have the time to get into fitness but they were too anxious to go into a gym so what made a lot of coaches what made people think that mums would actually want to go on a camera do you know so I thought I'm not oh doing zoom gosh actually yeah the thought of that the thought mm-hmm. of it, it's like actual gym anxiety mm-hmm. but on like zoom <laughs> and now I'm watching myself yeah. yeah so I was like do you know what I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing so I took that package down 20 pounds a month did full workouts that they could access they just watched me and copy a copy and uh, the first in April that April it was fi- I had 50 members and then up to last February, I grew it to 850 members and I actually hit 20 countries that month. 20? So yeah, so it was 10. 10. Yeah, oh yeah, goodness. I hit 20. That, yeah. So where are these? They're all over the world. Yeah, all over the world. Um, living in Dubai obviously helps because a lot of the Irish over there, they were in extreme lockdown. We're on it. Then I had uh, travelled to Australia as well uh, previously. And so I had a lot of uh, girls in Australia doing it. And then I was getting people, it was a lot of Irish. I had people from like living in Hong Kong, like Spain, um, America. And I was like, is this actually? And I was checking the stats. It was insane. So yeah, 20 countries, 850 members. Is this model going to stay now? Is this here to stay, do you think? Uh, yes. Well, I'm. what I try and do is I try and refresh it every month. So it's a new plan. It's new workouts. Kyle here, who's filming, he's my videographer. So we... We've got a camera filming us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, like yesterday, for example, me and Kyle were in the studio filming three new workouts every week where a lot of coaches don't. They'll just use the same ones. So if I can keep it fresh... Now, saying that, I'm never going to have the numbers that you'd have in a lockdown, but I've kept maybe at least four or 500 members every month, more than any online coach, because I'm keeping it fresh for people and... I want that one-to-one, that person. Even though I have a big group, I have check-ins every Monday. So I might have 500 check-ins on a Monday and I answer every single one. Wow. Yeah. So again, as with an awful lot of people, COVID happened. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Pivot. Oh, (laughs) this is actually quite good. Uh, But being flexible and kind of, some people will want face-to-face again. Some people will want to be back in the gym again. Can you balance both? Yeah, that's actually what I'm doing now. So my, my main business is still the online, but I'm actually back to coaching. And honestly, sorry, I probably don't have to go back in the gym floor and coach. So I take boot camps. Now I back, I just take two, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Whereas before COVID, I used to do three in the morning, three in the evening, four or five days a week. Now I just do Tuesday, Thursdays. And this is for the clients that I've had for years. I do it for them. Do I have to do it? No, but I believe as a business owner, you should always stick, have a little bit of your roots still there because especially in the fitness industry, and a lot of people forget this, you're always learning. Like I, I'm called the gym guru. Recently, two and a half years ago, I started CrossFit and I'm by no means a guru <laughs> at that. You know, there's so much to learn in the fitness industry that you should always keep your roots. And that's why I'm kind of going back now, just taking a couple of boot camps a week just to keep things fresh in my mind. And because I love people, mm. I love being around people and I love coaching. And I love that that you say, I don't have to do it. But the fact is you love 
you love it and, and you're giving back all the time and, and you can see the passion and just see your energy. Um, do you get any downtime at all or has this allowed you a little more work-life balance? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, like, for example, now I'm 32. Um, a lot of my friends are married and settled down and I look at them and I wish that was me and they say they look at me and they wish that <laughs> the <freedom>. they were <laughs> me. Like, I'm flying. I have a business visa for Dubai now because I was getting a lot of uh, requests for schools um, to go in and do mental well-being um, speeches and um, guest coaching sessions in Dubai. So I, my friends see me flying off to Dubai three, four times a year, but I'm actually like working when I go over. Of course, I do party as well. But um, that, as soon as I basically leave this area, I try and pencil. I'm always working, but pencil in downtime too. I just find here sometimes it's hard to relax um, and switch off so that's why for example I have three meetings in London on Friday morning which is exciting but then I've penciled in that I'm taking this weekend off like no don't create any content don't I have to I'm like I have to force myself now you'd like to get married and have kids yes is that a dream yeah have you met the right person yet uh, no I've just came through a really really tough um, breakup last year after three and a half years and to be honest I'm at that stage it's just I think even dating and things have scared like really scared me but my biggest goal in life people look at social media they'll see the business tash they'll see the gym grew my biggest goal in life is to be a wife and a mother or wife yeah wife and mother yeah um, well, that's all I want. Given that you're helping so many other wives and mothers <laughs> out there try to feel better about themselves, you know, you, they're your target audience. So maybe one day, even if you become one of them as well. Yeah, I um, hope so. You, you'll even be more of a, of a role it's model. It's the strangest time because uh, for me, like even dating now, everything is online. Mm. Do you know, like where I'm a very much a, a people's person. Back 10 years ago, somebody will say, you'll have a Nokia 3310. Oh, what's your number? And they'll phone you and ask you out. Now, that's non-existent. Back in my day, we didn't have yeah, mobile it's phones. Just, it's <laughs> you, you said, would we go for a date? You'd meet at a cinema and if they didn't turn up, they didn't that turn was up. It. Was You're it. ghosted. I'm um, over it now. Yeah, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I would love that, but th- it's just non-existent now. And like dating apps for me is really hard because, so say if I'm on a dating app, and the first thing they ask for is, oh, what's your Instagram? What's your picture like? Yeah, what's your picture? Aww. What's your Instagram? And it goes two ways for me. So that's why I delete all dating apps. And I, f- I actually find it really hard because they'll go two ways. They'll go on my Instagram. Oh, look at your body. Oh, you're mm. really fit. Oh, give me a fitness session. And then, or it's, um, oh, she's too much. Oh, I can't have a business person. Oh, I can't have somebody in She'll social be media. She'll high maintenance. And then you oh, don't hear. Oh, right, okay, yeah. so the jealousy it's thing. Into, like, it's intimidating. Oh, intimidating. So it goes two ways for me. So I have, I have no luck whatsoever. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. But yes, it's very ch- uh, changed times. And you've one final thought even to talk about now is that whole focus on image. Um, yeah. And what's coming across to me now is, yes, you know, you look gorgeous, absolutely. <laughs> but that's not the be all and end all. It's more about being fit and healthy and happy and Maybe there's people listening, myself included. You know, what what advice would you give to someone who wants to start maybe a journey to either drop a few pounds or get fitter or just feel better? But it's it's not always about your looks, is it? No, absolutely not. And we actually, um, we created a bit of content yesterday where I give three ways that you can lose weight, three unusual ways. And number one, if anybody's listening and you want to lose weight, find something that you enjoy. Just like, training wise just because your neighbor next door sally is doing curves 
or Karen down the road is doing this shredded program or whoever is running marathons, that doesn't mean that's for you. And that's where we're pressurised so much in this this industry and our society that we have to do what our friends are doing or our neighbours are doing to lose weight. Find something you enjoy. You might be the woman like the lady out there that for example you maybe you're carrying you're maybe you're carrying a lot of weight and you're really self-conscious about it just even try walking if you enjoy walking your dog just enjoy your walk your enjoy walking your dog a little bit more find an exercise or training method that you enjoy and it's a lot of pts they'll immediately say weight training calorie deficit i've heard it all before there's an awful lot of body shaming as well that goes on yeah. and when you look at the social media world and you talked about the before and after so it's always like we have to see what you did that actually is my idea of hell yeah if i had to stand there in my Brand I know, I know. And have photographs taken either before or after? Is that really important on the journey? For I, the reason why I I do post before and afters, but my before and afters I keep anonymous. So ninety nine percent of my before and afters, I say I don't have to share your name. This that before and after is your achievement. It's not for me to get more followers. So that's why I keep most anonymous. Are people nervous at the start at the, when they get that before? Yeah, they don't have to. I give them the option. But the reason why I say before and after is because there's three ways to measure your success. Um, when you're doing a weight loss program, is number one is everyone picks it is the scales, mm-hmm. and I absolutely hate the scales. I don't have scales. Good. I'm delighted to hear that mm-hmm. because it's. I do the genes test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love the genes test. Oh. Yeah, how are they feeling? Um, but so many women focus on the scales. And what I try and say is, like, for example, our bodies as females, in the luteal phase of our menstrual cycle, our insulin level rises, so our body naturally craves sugar, like, to the max. So we initially, number one, in that phase of our menstrual cycle, we put on two to three pounds just because of the craving. Plus then, because our body's in that uh, phase of the cycle, we have more water retention and more sodium retention. So automatically, you're going to weigh more on the scales. Oh, right, and that's every month. Yes, most months. Listen, so that's ladies. Why, <laughs> yeah, so that's why I hate the scales because it's not a true justification of your hard work. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say take a before and after. Like my clients don't have to. I have probably about 500 before and afters that I don't share. I, I've never shared because they're saying, look, I don't want myself on social media, as it's you said. I don't want. Yeah. And I said, that's 100% fine. Mm-hmm. So there's about 500 pictures there that I could probably use for business. And I never do because I respect that people don't want that. But those ladies, they've seen on a picture how their hard work. They've seen how they've lost weight without using the scales. So I will say if you're measuring folks number one take a before and after keep yourself you don't have to give it to your pt or coach if your pt or coach asks for it tell them where to go <laughs> um, you know? if you're feeling you look good and yeah I, and then for a lot of people it's it's that well then i've achieved that goal but how do i keep the weight off yeah how do you sustain how do you it? sustain it yeah um i try my program i've tried to make it a lifestyle that is that you can enjoy, for example, you can enjoy your weekend, enjoy, for example, the recipes. A lot of coaches out there will say, have your boiled chicken and your spinach and do that for five days mm. and snack on this and snack, you know, on really high protein snacks. My recipes, for example, a uh, local favourite here is like a Friar Tuck's Chicken Supreme or a Country Fried Chicken Chicken Supreme. So I absolutely love cooking. So I've created that exact takeaway recipe and in a way that's half the calories. So if you order Chicken Supreme in, well, not sell, say Fire Talks, KFC, whatever, because <laughs> um, I love them too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. If you order that, that's um, that 
portion alone is over a thousand calories. <laughs> but my version of it tastes exact same, if not better, I have to say, for five hundred and fifty. Oh my word! So that's and you have your own TGG handbook that people can. Yeah. So do you have to sign up to the program to get this, or how? Do, what should people do if they're interested? Yeah. So um, sign up. You can sign up on the website, and um, yeah, have the ebook. Have an ebook. It's only five pounds, and it has all the recipes. It was actually twelve pounds, and again, because of the pandemic, um, I took that price down to five, and it has maybe over forty recipes in it that they can avail of, or if you're remember you get them all included so it's amazing you have come <laughs> you're still so young as well and you've achieved so much and you're just reinventing all the time but you're staying true to to, to the initial fitness feel good be happy move more um and the TV presenter kind of has happened too because you're doing your your videos all the time you've got your TGG promotions as well so do you feel it's all come together at this point yes um I always say, you know, people ask me now, oh, you're flying. Like somebody said to me the other day, Jesus, you're printing fivers. And I says, no, I'm printing tenors. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I say that as a joke. And I says, yes. And this was at half five in the morning, sat in the gym. And I said, no, I'm printing tenors. But look, I'm standing here at half five and I'll be standing here at half eight tonight. Yeah. Do you know, just as, and what I try and say is, consistent people say now oh it's all coming together oh you've really got lucky now no I have worked for the last 10 11 years some days 16 17 hours a day it takes hard work and there's times I'm like like a couple of weeks ago for example I had I think a crazy VAT bill and I was like what is this oh, what is this and then I went back to Brian Rosie I says can I have my job back <laughs> as a joke you know so it's it's definitely, you go through the tough times in business and it all does, there's a time where something just switch, switch goes and it does all come together, but it's years of hard work and it's consistent habits every day. Like for example, in the mornings, um, before 10 o'clock, I have posted on every social media platform because that's how, what grows my business, that's how I engage with my customers. Every morning, Monday to Friday, I will not leave my house until So I've that's the first job to be done? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do these habits every single day for a few years things will start your business will start to grow and we always ask the guests yeah. at the end <laughs> what advice you would give so I'm just asking you to sum it up now what advice would you give to people who have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether it's a risk worth taking I think I know what you're going to say just uh, this is quite cringy but just go for it just have no fear just basically in a area that scares you the most jump into that area if you have a fear zone if your fear is taking risk and starting your own business or you have an idea if that's the thing in life that scares you that's what you go with you jump into that zone because the moment that you jump into that fear zone is the moment that your life can change forever and one of the scariest moments of my life was I remember the day two years ago and I turned around to my bosses and I went it's time it's time to go out on my own and it was the scariest day of my life but I knew that morning this scares, what's the most, what's the thing that scares me the most? I'm going to do that. I love it. I've got goosebumps. I'm <laughs> going to leave it there. Natasha, <laughs> it has been a joy to have you in the podcast studio. Of course, you can tune in to Tasha's uh, podcast too. Give it another plug. Yes, uh, my podcast is the Tash Talks podcast. I do um, little mini podcasts, which are maybe 20, 25 minutes, where I educate you on fitness, health and well-being. And then we also have the longer podcast where I have exciting, very special guests on. You can catch Tash Talks podcasts on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, um, all of the above. 
And I'm going to get signed up today, Tash. It's a oh, joy to see you again after Thank, all yes, these years. My idol, my role model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll pay you that fiver uh, later. Thank you so much, Natasha, for joining me today. And uh, we'll see you all again and next time for another fantastic episode of The Public Eye. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.